0: Chapter Seventeen Of The Conquest This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phyllis Vincelli. The Conquest by Oscar Michaud. CHAPTER Seventeen Ernest Nicholson's Return. The building west of town, what's it all about? The big hotel from Callis had not long since been unloaded and decorated a corner lot in Megory. All that remained in Callus were the buildings belonging to Nicholson Brothers, consisting of an old two-story frame hotel, a two-story bank, the saloon, drugstore, their own office, and a few smaller ones. It was a hard life, for the Kalisites and the Megoryites were not inclined to soften it. On the other hand, she was growing like a mushroom. Everything tended to make it the prairie metropolis. Land was booming, and buyers were plentiful. Capital was also finding its way to the town, and nothing to disturb the visible prosperity. But a shrewd person, at that very time, had control of machinery that would cause a radical change in this community, and in a very short time, too. This man was Ernest Nicholson, and referring to his return, I was at the depot in Orristown the day he arrived. There he boarded an auto and went west to McGorry. On his arrival there, he ordered John Nodgin— to proceed to Callis, load the bank building, get all the horses obtainable, and proceed at once to haul the building to—no, not to Megory. This is what the Megoryites thought when, with seventy-six head of horses hitched to it, they saw the bank of Callis coming to Megory. But when it got to within half a mile of the south side, swerved off to the west. About six that evening, when the sun went down, the bank of Callus was sitting on the side of a hill that sloped to the north, near the end of the survey. Now what did it mean? That was the question that everybody began asking everybody else. What was up? Why was Ernest Nicholson moving the bank of Callus five miles west of Magori and setting it down on or near the end of the survey? there were so many questions being asked with no one to answer that it amused me then someone suggested that it might be the same old game and here would come a pause then the question what old game why another callus some bait to make money then oh i see said the wise town dads just a hoax that answered the question, just a snare to catch the unwary. Tell them that the railroad would build to the Tip County Lime. Sell them some lots, for that is what the bluff meant. Get their good money, and then, oh, ha, ha, ha. It was too funny when one saw the joke, and Megoryites continued to laugh. Had not Nicholson Brothers said a whole lot about getting the railroad? And that it was sure coming up the Monka it had come had it not ha 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 ho ho ho, just another Nicholson stall ha ha ha, and Nicholson's got the laugh again. The railroad is in Megory, and here it will stop for ten years. 100,000 people will come to Megory to register for Tip County lands, and watch Megory grow was all that could be heard. Ernest would come to Megory, have a pleasant chat, treat the boys, tell a funny story, and be off. Nobody was mean enough or bold enough to tell him to his face any of the things they told to his back. Ernest was never known to say anything about it. His scheme simply kept John Nogden moving buildings. He wrote checks and payment that the bank of Calais cashed, for it was open for business the next day after it had been moved out on the prairie five miles west of Magory. The court record showed six quarter sections of land west of town had recently been transferred. The name of the receiver was unknown to anyone in Megory, but such prices, forty to fifty dollars per acre. The people who had sold brought the money to the Megory banks and deposited it. All they seemed to know was that someone drove up to their house and asked if they wanted to sell. Some did not while others said they were only five miles from Megory, and if they sold, they would have to have a big price, because Megory was the town of the Little Crow, and the gateway to acres of the finest land in the world, to be open soon. What is your price, he would ask, and whether it was forty, forty-five, or fifty per acre, he bought it. This must have gone on for sixty days, with everybody wondering What it was all about until it got on the nerves of the Megoryites, and even the town dads began to get a little fearful. When Ernest was approached, he would wink wisely, hand out a cigar, or buy a drink, but he never made anybody the wiser. A lady came out from Des Moines, bought a lot, and let a contract for a hotel building. 24 by 140, and work was begun on it immediately. This was getting ahead of Megory, where a hotel had just been completed, 25 by 100 feet, said by the Megoryites to be the best west of a town of 6,000 population, 150 miles down the road. Whenever anything like a real building goes up in a little town on the prairie, with their collection of shacks, it is always called the best building between there and somewhere else. I shall not soon forget the anxiety with which the people watched the building which continued to go up west of Megory, and still no one there seemed willing to admit that Nicholson Brothers were live but spent their argument in trying to convince someone that they were only windjammers and manipulators of knavish plots to amesh the credulous. What actually happened was this, and Ernest told me about it afterwards in about the following words. Well, Oscar, after Megory turned our offer down, I knew there were just two things to do, and that was to either make good or leave the country. Megory is full of a lot of fellows that have never known anything but Kiapaha Paha County, and when the road missed Calus and struck Megory, they took the credit for displaying a superior knowledge. I knew we were going to be the laughingstock of the reservation, and since I did not intend to leave the country, I got to thinking. The more I pondered the matter— the more determined I became that something had to be done, and I finally made up my mind to do it. Ernest Nicholson was not the kind of a man to make idle declarations. I went down to Omaha and saw some business friends of mine and suggested to them just what I intended to do, thence to Des Moines and got father, and again we went into Chicago and secured an appointment with Hewitt, who listened attentively to all that we had to say, and the import of this was that Megory, being over five miles east of the Tip County line, it was difficult to drive range cattle that distance through a settled country. They are so unused to anything that resembles civilization that ranchers hate to drive even five miles through a settled country, Besides the annoyance, it would habitually cause contrary farmers when it comes to accommodating the ranchers. That is not all. With 66 feet open between the wire fences, the range cattle at any time are liable to start a stampede, go right through, and a lot of damage follows. I showed him that most of the cattlemen were still driving their stock north and shipping over the CP and St. L. Now, knowing that the directors had ordered the extension of the line to get the cattle business, Hewitt looked serious, finally arose from his chair, and went over to a map that entirely covered the side of the wall and showed all the lines of the CNRW. He meditated a few minutes and then turned around and said, Go back and buy the land that has been described. It all seemed simple enough when it was done. By the time that the extension had been completed to Megory, the building that had been moved west of town had company in the way of many new ones, and by this time comprised quite a burg, and claimed the name of New Callis. The new was to distinguish between its old site and its present one. After Megory turned them down, Ernest had made a declaration or defiance that he would build a town on the little crow and its name would be Callus. End of chapter 17